linguistic archives. Greetings from Cyberdelic Space. This is Lorenzo, and I'm your host here in the Psychedelic Salon. As you uh, no doubt know, the word psychedelic means mind manifesting. Of course, there are differing definitions of mind, and uh, then what does it mean to manifest mind? So, just for the record, here's how I see it, uh, at least at this moment, as I uh, always allow myself the privilege of changing my so-called mind whenever I choose. (laughs) So, uh, to me, when I think of the psychedelic salon, what I see is a place where the deep mind of our species is made visible through the words and actions of one or more humans. We uh, have certainly had our share of Terence McKenna's mind made manifest here. And uh, by the way, I still have more of his tapes yet to digitize and uh, play for you in the coming months. Now, if you've uh, been with us here in the salon for a while, you've heard McKenna and others say that we have now begun a psychedelic renaissance. Now, the uh, definition of a renaissance with a capital R is the activity, spirit, or time of the great revival of art, literature, and learning in Europe, beginning in the 14th century and extending to the 17th century, marking the transition from medieval to the modern world. So, uh, are we actually at the beginning of a new renaissance, a psychedelic one? Well, just take a look at some of the people that we've featured here in the salon over the past 12 months. Rack Razam, Mikey Siegel, Annie Oak, Arena Alexander, Ginny Rutherford, Shona Holm, Bernardo Castrup, LaLorean, Mariana Dinkova, Kathleen Wirt, Galila Espinoza, Marion Goodall, John Gilmore, Marina Korshakova, Katie Tomlinson, Rachel Hope, Diana Reed Slattery, Niles Heckman, Lily K. Ross, Nishe Devano, Assam Old Coyote, Dr. Roland Griffiths, Dr. Alicia Danforth, Gabrielle Again Libris, and Sarah Lovering. And there were more, of course, uh, people like Bruce Damer, Rick Doblin, and Daniel Pinchbeck. Granted, uh, there was a lot of Terrence McKenna mixed in, but almost all of those other names, except for the last few, are actually new lights on the psychedelic horizon. And I haven't even mentioned people like Ashley Booth, who are organizing salons, workshops, festivals, and other events throughout the world. And think about this for a moment. These people represent only the tiniest tip of the psychedelic renaissance that has taken hold of the planet. Twenty-five years ago, I couldn't even find someone with whom to talk about ayahuasca, and today there are ayahuasca ceremonies taking place every weekend on every continent. For sure, something is happening here. Now, getting to today's program, if ever there was or is a person who personifies what it means to be a psychedelic thinker, it's today's guest, Kai Wingo, who is interviewed by our resident guest respondent, Shauna Holm. From now on out, if anyone asks me what these podcasts are about, here's what I'm going to say. The Psychedelic Salon is a place where people can talk about ways in which they've learned to, well, to see the world through their own unfiltered eyes. While the most frequently featured speaker in the series is Terrence McKenna, today most of the important talks are being given by people who are in the forefront of the worldwide psychedelic renaissance. If you only have time to listen to one of my podcasts... 
I recommend listening to number 458, Practical Mushroom Activism with Kai Wingo. It says more about psychedelic thinking and acting than I ever can. So what do you say? Let's give it a listen right now. Welcome, everyone. Today, I am very excited to have a conversation with a really amazing lady who contacted me recently to speak at her conference, and her name is Kai Wingo, and she's a mushroom lady, and so I'm going to read you her bio, and then we will launch into conversation here. A mushroom expert, Kai's passion is highlighting the value of mushroom cultivation in the revitalizing of community. She is a mother, mycologist, and lecturer on a quest to inspire reverence for Earth's exploratory treasures and in the utilization of their technology and curative abilities. Kai feels that if we women, if we women especially, learn to embrace fungi as our allies, they will heal, empower, and transform. A teacher by trade for over 20 years, her aim was to bridge cultural gaps for students and uh, students, and often with international artists, artists going as far as Senegal, West Africa, to study African drum and dance. The former years of her career were at the Office of Safe and Drug-Free Schools, writing culturally relevant curriculum for inner-city youth. After the office was laid off and encouraged to reapply, she instead initiated a gourmet mushroom enterprise from home. This year, 2015, will be her second year running a peer-taught youth agricultural program in her own on her own urban farm. Kai lives in Ohio, where she owns and operates Cleveland's first and only mushroom farm since the inaugural year in 2013. With topics like survival, off-the-grid living, cob building, and of course, mushroom cultivation, she has been making lectures and hands-on workshops available in historically underserved neighborhoods since 2009. You can find Kai and her grassroots effort, Cultured with a K, Mushrooms, on Facebook. Now, Kai is also going to be hosting an amazing conference on entheogens this fall. And so, Kai, we're going to talk about that first. So, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, me too. And so I want to begin with uh, hearing about this or having you tell everyone about this conference you're putting on because this is another uh, women's conference. And we have, of course, the Women's Visionary Congress, which was started by uh, Annie Oak, I think, nine years ago at this point. Yeah. Yeah, and I know you just recently attended that. And, uh, and so you are pioneering a new one. So let's hear all about that. Well, this one will be in the Midwest, which is epic in itself to me. <laughs> because usually you hear about things like that going on in on the West Coast and in New York. Um, you know, I just now found out about the Women's Visionary Congress, but... I did hear of other conferences in other parts of the world, South Africa, Australia, but nothing here close to home. So I'm very excited to bring it here to into my community where I think it will help many people and and change lives. So I'm very excited to to introduce to them uh this 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 movement uh for the first time in Cleveland, Ohio. And what's the website for the conference so everyone knows? 
Sure. It's women and entheogens dot wix w i x dot com forward slash conference twenty fifteen. Okay. And so and this is this is all women speakers at your conference? Or are you gonna have some guys? Well, we want to highlight the women, mm-hmm. and so I am asking that the speakers uh, all be presenters, I mean women presenters, mm-hmm. and I'm hoping that everyone comes out to support and learn and share with us, but I would like to see more women involved and take a, a greater stand. We have some, and then we have some that are very shy and not quite uh, as confident that this is, this is something that is uh, helpful for us. And, and I feel like if we as women get that message and, and, and know that these teachers are here for us, that we can then spread the message to our families, to our children, to our husbands and, and, our, and our, uh, the rest of our families. So, 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 yeah, this year we're asking, we have, we have some really great women who, who have joined the, uh, who've joined in, and I believe we might have some entertainment and some other things from the men as well mm-hmm. who are coming. Um, Onyx Ashanti has, has uh, accepted our invitation, so I'm excited about him and his, his 3D printed um, music system called Beat Jazz. And, um, you know, we might invite some drummers, some poets, you know, others to involve themselves. But the women are presenting on entheogens or women's issues in that case um, at this conference, yes. Okay, so what are you featuring in terms of women speakers? Just because I know you are seeking more more speakers, right? So do you want you want right. artists, activists, teachers, what? Healers, uh, female shamanism. Um, I, I spoke with someone who who says she's so sure that she has alien DNA, and I mean these things are just <laughs> so needed for us to start thinking outside of the box of all the possibilities and all the areas we need to explore. Um, so so yeah, women who are um, who who want to share information on. Um, other women or anything entheogenic, of course, and um, uh, that includes DMT, LSD, MDMA, uh, magic mushrooms, of course, um, cannabis. Uh, I know a lot of of, of uh, women are starting to, or who know about edibles are starting to come out and share that information. How to grow, you know, cultivation. All those things are important and and would would fit into our our theme. Okay, cool. And then you were saying earlier, so you think it's really important to spread the message. And so, what are you thinking of with regard to the message? What's the message? The message is is we're here and we're waiting for you. We're, we're here to help. We are some of the best allies you could have with some of the biggest issues that we are challenged with today. Um, I feel that it seems there's no problem that we cannot solve with the, the use of, of nature's gifts. It's like in mushrooms. Um, there's so many things that, that the mushrooms and mycelium 
can uh, can give us through their use or just by mimicking their their role in nature. And um, sometimes that message passes us by because we're so busy working and trying to get the kids off to school and 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 just caught up in the the, the daily routine of of life. And so sometimes I you know at, at some point I thought that I was I had a connection, but until I really uh, <laughs> until I really delved in, I didn't know how much I was missing. So. I just think the, the the is there. We're just not we're just not equipped to hear it. So the message is there, but we have to uh, we have to be given the tools so that we can so that we can hear it clearly. Okay, and so clearly, I mean, you're a mycologist, and uh, and I, I'm I'm suspecting that we have a mutual love and regard for the uh, psilocybin mushroom, and and so is that yeah. the main entheogen that you work with? Yes, that is the main entheogen, as, and that's what got me started on this path. I um, I feel like I was called to it. So, so yeah, the 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 mushrooms. It's kind of what called me. Is a very interesting story of me being on a spiritual journey, a path to find my way in life, and it just so happens that the mushrooms. Uh, I guess when the the student is ready, the teacher will appear, mm-hmm. and as, and that's exactly what happened. The mushrooms were there in my community, in my in my realm of friends. There there wasn't a lot of information or knowledge about mushrooms or entheogenic mushrooms, and um, but but they happened to just pop up overnight for me, and and I can start of. Uh, so far back with that story, <laughs> but I guess I'll just start um, somewhere in the middle where I heard from a metaphysicist that I, I used to like to listen to in my journey of trying to find um, a spiritual fat path for myself, and um, and I heard a cute little uh, folklore about buckeyes and how if you keep them in your pocket that you'll be sure to keep money in your pocket as well and that just sounded like such an interesting journey for myself because that's what I was into I was into seeing for myself where I can go and listening and getting used to listening to that inner voice and so and to me that spoke to me because as a child I remember this being the Buckeye State I would find plenty of Buckeyes just lying around, and we would collect them, and we would, you know, make jewelry out of them or or whatever. But at that time, I didn't remember seeing one in in so long that I said, there must be something to this. So I went out into uh, wherever I thought the Buckeye trees would be. I'd ask lots of questions, and somehow it led me to a mushroom farm. Because someone said the mushroom man at the farmer's market is the one who you want to talk to. And when I talked to him, he said he did have buckeyes, lots of buckeyes on his farm. And he invited me out to check it out because, first of all, I didn't know how to recognize a buckeye tree when I saw one. So it would have to be a special time of year when the buckeyes were on the ground in order for me to recognize it. And because, you know, 
of that limited time, I thought it, it would make sense for me to at least recognize the buckeye tree. So I go to a mushroom farm when he invited me, and all these mushrooms are there. And now I'm asking myself spiritually, how did I get here to a mushroom farm? And that's when my father, who was also on a tour, because I was so excited about this mushroom farm. It sounds different. Nothing I would never think my spiritual journey would lead me to. Can I ask but, just real quick, how old were you? I This was in 2008. Okay. So not, not very long ago. Okay. <laughs> so... Yeah, so by that time I had three children. I invited them all. My brother came out with my uh, with his parents, my stepmom and my and and my father. And my father at the end of the tour, you know, we heard so much information about mushrooms, and they thought it was just a, a quaint little cute thing. They were from New York, and he was just so you know so just authentically country and talking about all these mushrooms and and so into it. So he just decides to ask, well, what about the psychedelic mushrooms? And the whole tour just cracked up laughing <laughs> because it just broke. It just it just changed the direction. Um, but uh, his answer was that um, that you don't want to get caught with them. But there were studies showing that the same parts of the brain that lights up when people were taking these mushrooms were the same parts of the brain as people in church or in a spiritual setting. And so for that, for him to answer that, ask that question when I'm asking myself, how did I get here? I knew that was a sign of something spiritual, something, something that I needed to put in the back of my mind. And lo and behold, the next week, uh, my coworker invites me to a mushroom lecture where, um, Kalindi Ee, who we <laughs> who we who we've talked about, who who you met at the last conference, um, he gave a lecture and and he showed the connection between mushrooms and civilization, mushrooms and culture, mushrooms and our ancestors, and it just it just blew me away that all this information, this deep rich culture of 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 mushrooms and and people was there all the time and I never knew it. So I just decided to go in and 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 keep studying. I went back to uh the mushroom guy and I said, "Hey, you know, I really found out some cool information after I left the tour. I went to a lecture and he just he saw my passion, he saw that I was excited and he said, "You know, you should grow those. You should totally grow mushrooms." And, you know, and he suggested a book by Paul Stamets mm -hmm. that I should get if, you know, if anybody wants to start a mushroom farm, this is the Bible of, of mushroom cultivation. And so it just so happens the next year how things move so fast that instead of coming with more information about the book and things, I came I, and I showed him a picture of me and Paul Stamets standing there. <laughs> He had he he had come to the uh, mushroom festival in Telluride and met him and it was awesome. Things just just really um, had signs of such promise, especially when I learned that there were no growers in my area mm -hmm. um, and definitely definitely not any female growers um, and and not any um, uh, people 
not any black people. Um, even even at the markets, they would not even recognize the gourmet mushrooms that I grew. So um, so I just really saw an opportunity, and um, and it just so happens like like my bio says, you know, the, the, the district lost the grant money for the safe and drug free schools, mm-hmm. and it was time to move on for me. So it just it just all fell into place, and and that's how I got into the entheogens, the mushrooms. Right. So you're growing obviously the medicinal mushrooms that you can legally sell, and then um, we of course will not go into the growing of the other kinds of mushrooms. Assume you sort of find those growing here and there, um, and so that was your first experience back in 2008 with the entheogen. And theogenic mushrooms as well? Yeah, the lecture was the first experience. Mm-hmm. And and what I did was right away I went back to a group study, um, a book study that, um, that I had joined previously. Like I said, I was searching and looking for a path. And these this group studied Kemet, you know, so they wanted to know all things Kemet, all things about Egypt. And I just told them about a wonderful lecture I had seen and thought that they would really be interested. And so they um, they put everything together, and we actually had a mushroom lecture as well as a workshop. And so as a group, we learned how to uh, grow, grow the mushrooms. But, um, of course, like you said, because of the... The um the 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 legal ramifications yeah the legal ramifications um basically yeah all I could grow was the gourmet mushrooms and that taught me of course because once you learn how to grow mushrooms uh, any mushroom is basically uh, potential for you to grow Mm -hmm. because because you know the basics Mm -hmm. you know to um to how how they need light and water and air and and those type of things and and so that's yeah so that's basically how it got started because i understood that in order to change minds really and truly you do um you do need to um to to use well let let me say it differently and when you use entheogens, you truly change minds, and that is what will truly make a change. Mm-hmm. Because I don't really believe we have a poverty issue. Mm-hmm. I believe it's if I believe it's psychological. I believe people are in are thinking that there's not enough, um, oh, and that they have to have more. But yeah, la- lack is manufactured. Lack is manufactured in a commercial. Yeah. The, you know, we're, the, the entire world is in this web of commer- it's a commercial society, and yeah. so you know you have to have lack in order to have profits. But I always say, you know, you just throw a few kernels of corn in the ground. Look how many ears of corn you end up with. You plant a few yeah. fruit trees. You have more fruit than you can eat in a summer. I mean, this earth gives us so much. There is no lack. It is entirely manufactured. It's artificial. Exactly. And so with the new career that I'm that I decided to get into I had to meet new people so I got involved with the local food scene of people trying to um, get the importance of growing local food and doing things uh, being green saving energy saving water all those things are great and wonderful 
But if we don't change our mindset mm -hmm. and and realize that it is something lack is something manufactured, you know, there there won't be any change. We'll keep going into in this circle. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, all right. Well, I'm curious. I have questions for you about the medicinal mushrooms, but first, up just a couple more on the entheogenic mushrooms, because I'm always curious to know, to hear from women, how they approach the medicine. I, I call it medicine. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, I'm just curious, you know, I mean, do you bring ritual to it? Clear, you're speaking a lot about your spiritual experience, uh, your spiritual awareness. And so um, it makes me very curious to hear how you approach this. Yes. Working, working with the psilocybin mushrooms. <laughs> well, I'm. I've always been comfortable with spirituality and rituals, in that I have quite a dynamic families. Um, family. I had an aunt who was um, known as a psychic and an astrologer, and so that type of thing was not um, foreign to me. So I think that's. Uh, how I just fit in so easily and naturally, whereas some people find it uh, something that is quite a challenge, something that they have to study for years, have to be under someone. And, and really, is if you have the understanding that we are spiritual beings, the things that we do are spiritual. <laughs> you know, if we do it, every morning, then it becomes ritual. <laughs> so um, what I did was to listen and to, to, just, to just listen to what the mushrooms were saying and telling me. And what happened is as I studied them, people began to reveal themselves of who they are because they didn't understand what I was doing. And they reacted in, mm. in so different, so many different ways that I hadn't, even partake, um, I didn't even have to partake in the sacrament in order to see uh, the benefits of what it could bring. Hmm. So, um, and then by growing mushrooms, you, you create such a relationship that you start to understand the, you know, the microcosms of the world, the macrocosms, and you just use that um, in day-to-day -day life. So, in, in order to grow mushrooms, cleanliness is a necess necessity. You have to be clean. And this is also something that's very spiritual. We, all, we always have to clear the space, you know. Um, and, 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 you, and you have to have reverence for air and clean water. Those types of things are very spiritual in nature, but yet so natural and necessary that we overlook them. Um, you know, our ancestors didn't put a big emphasis on this is recyclable and this is green and this is, they just did what was naturally handed to them, what made sense. And so that's kind of how I approach it. I, I clear my space. I, um, I'm still enough to know uh, my feelings, where I am with things, where, and then I try to figure out where I need to go. So, um, so it just it just it just makes sense. And then after I partake of the 
of the entheogen. It's is a teacher that you don't really have to 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 uh, navigate so much. You know, you you might do a little pre envisioning where it is you want to go, but basically, it's going to take you exactly where you need to be. That's right, and it's going to show you exactly what you need. And it's so completely magical mm-hmm. that I have learned that the changes take place whether I am aware of them or not. The changes take place whether I recall every event that I've experienced or not. Those changes are there and they're a part of me. And um, and so basically that that I consider very spiritual and very ritualistic. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Would you... Have you... Um have you come into uh, perhaps partnership or engagement with a specific teacher through the use? So, for instance, I've, I work with Owl. I work with uh, Pan. I mean, these beings came through the ritual use of that medicine, and, and then they pierced the veil of this world and, and have wow. been guiding me ever since. Wow. Oh. Well... Um, I don't think so much with me. I've gotten names. Um, I have felt energies. I've, I've felt at one time it was Kuan Yin showing me, um, how to be compassionate and how, how a good, a good warrior is compassionate mm-hmm. and, and to, and to just be still and um, and know that my motions need to be exact and precise, but very still and calm. And that helped me with um, the situation I was going through with um, with my uh, grandmother's house coming into foreclosure. And I'm like, oh no, they're you know they're going to take the house. And then it was like, you know, you, you need not panic because you probably panicked about three or four times. <laughs> in the past five years about this same issue, but yet you're okay. Mm-hmm. Yet everything worked out. And 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 I and I I'm not quite sure if that was the energy because it was very what telepathic in nature mm-hmm. conversation mm-hmm. or communication. Yeah. Um so yeah, I, I haven't yet to just talk to um, an individual with a name, but it's more I can see the image and then I just communicate and I just know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's been pretty much my experience well this has clearly impacted you in a very deep way because you're putting on an actual conference I mean that is that's a <laughs> lot of work that is yes. quite an endeavor and so you've got to be pretty passionate and inspired to do something like that definitely it is definitely an uphill battle at this time <laughs> because um, it, it's so much information that has been kept from us for so long that um, that I, I have to first educate people. And it seems to um, be very slow at this point. It's been some... That's taken years. They took a couple of years to say, Kai, you know, why didn't you tell me this before? 
<laughs> and I'm going, I, I told you it's here. And, you know, I was just waiting for you to hear me. So it's, is is very is is very difficult when um, people are buying into the whole drugs are bad, you know, throwing them all in together with one in one category of just illegal, <laughs> um, and you know, but yet, like I said, I have a very dynamic family, and I just remember my grandfather's telling me, whatever is too difficult for everyone else is just right for you. And, and so, you know, and so it's a challenge, but it's so gratifying when I see people who have actually overcome issues like OCD, um, that was so debilitating that they couldn't, um, you know, order a lunch in a restaurant. Um, I, I've seen people testify of the, of, uh, overcoming sexual trauma. Um, and it's, it's, and so it's a, it's a fight worth, worth fighting. It's a cause that I think, that I believe, that I think will help so many people. And I actually believe in, um, cause I, I've, like I said, I've worked in a school district. I've seen the problems. I've tried to come through it, come, uh, to get to the children in a different way with, okay, we're going to do something alternative to using drugs. We're going to have fun, and this is going to be interesting, and, you know, this is going to, you're going to love it in the long run. But it, it just wasn't enough, hmm. um, especially when the curriculum is telling them that drugs are bad, you yeah. know. This, this is something your parents or your uncle or your family members are doing, but they shouldn't be doing. Mm -hmm. And you're smarter than them, and, and you, you're going to, you know, you're going to be okay if you just stay away from that, you know. And that's, and, it's, and that's such a disconnect because the children are the ones who suffer because they're confused. And then they learn from their, their peers about drug use, which is not usually the best way to learn, right? you know. Um, and, um, and so I just, just feel that this work is so important. It needs to be talked about more. It needs to be, um, understood better so that we can have a grasp on this thing, which is out of control. I mean, I can't believe I see smokers, cigarette smokers at 15 and 16 years old in this day and age, you know, in the 50s or 60s, maybe. But in this day and age, knowing the addiction that it has and, you know, and that is actually more harmful than any other illicit drug, you know, it's just very surprising that we're still stuck in the same cycle. So, so yeah, I am, I'm bringing, um, I think, a powerhouse of women who have... <laughs> who believed also in this cause and said, yeah, we, you know, we want to show up in Cleveland, <laughs> no less, you know, somewhere where the rubber meets the road. You know, this is, this is not the area that, you know, has been pampered by no means. We, we have been through depression and, and uh, oppression and any, you know, and lots of other things. And so I'm very excited about the women, the quality of, of women that are showing up and saying, hey, we, we support what you're doing, 
and you know and we want to be a part of that beautiful yeah, yeah, you know, I um, I see really that we are taught to abuse in this culture. I mean, the irony is so great, like when you were talking about how the schools are, you know, say no to drugs and drugs are bad and they don't distinguish. And, uh, and then, of course, uh, all these street drugs are available to these kids that are just incredibly deleterious. And, uh, and then what we see uh, through the media... It's it's just it's it's just a, a profaning of everything, everything, and we're really taught to abuse. And I always, I talk to my daughters about this because I have a daughter seventeen and another one fourteen, and and they're not interested in. Thank God they're both like jocks. They're not interested in like any drugs, smoking, nothing. Um, but we've had really good discussions, thanks to my own personal work with a mushroom, in terms of here's the difference. There's differences in drugs, ladies. There are, you know, those that will destroy you, mm -hmm. uh, like heroin and cocaine and, and on and on. And then there are the, the uh, you know, what you call a sacrament, I call a medicine, that have been used as long as man has been on the planet, probably, to, back to Paleolithic times, you know, for uh, an incredible expansion of awareness. And, 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 uh, and we'll take you into a conversation with uh, invisible worlds, you know. And, and so I can distinguish that with them. And, and also, I wish, I wish these were legal because I would love to work with teenagers, maybe like 18, 19, I, you know. Yeah. Like, don't you think if they had the, the right set and setting with a good shaman, uh, you know, guide, it, it, it could help them tremendously, you know, and yes. before they get into even bigger trouble down the road. Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah, that's been my experience. Immediately when it hits their bodies, they say, hey, I know that I won't ever put anything that is not good for me in my body because the mushrooms, it, they, they, their presence is made known as soon as they, <laughs> as soon as they eat them, and they know once you eat it, is 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 done. You can't take it back. So um, once it's in your body, you want something that's going to show you exactly who you are, not a delirium mm -hmm. who, who you're confused. You don't know who you are, mm -hmm. where you are, you know. <laughs> mm -hmm. Where you're going, you want something that's going to tell you exactly where you need to go, um, and 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 mushrooms can do that for you. And so, I I think it is very important. That's why I'm aiming at the women because they do need to talk to their children. They need to sit them down and have very good discussions about uh, what is it what is it that you want to accomplish. You know, what is it that you want to do? What is your goal when you want to get high? You know, is it just is it just for fun, or is it that you want to experience something um, outside of yourself so that you can have a different perspective? Mm -hmm. Maybe as you want to be more creative. But we need to think about these things and 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 why you want to do it instead of just being at a party and somebody just you know taps you on the shoulder like, hey, try this. Yeah. <laughs> and that's worked for some people. Some people have gotten. Um, very good results with being open um, to that, but it's um, unfortunately not all across the board. Some have taken the wrong path because of that 
that approach that they have, um, that they don't know about set and setting, you know, that they, that they're always thinking, you know, even some of the grown women are still thinking that they're doing something wrong, something that, you know, they should be looking over their shoulder for, or something that they should be looking for a punishment to come, you know, the, the, whatever the, uh, circumstances that you're going to get a, um, that you're going to get the, the, uh, a, a, not a good result because, you know, you're doing something that you shouldn't be doing. But if you go into it knowing that, um, good things will come from it, if, if you, what they say is the biggest thing, if, if you can let go and, and, um, and let it take you where it needs to go, and have the have the right perspective um, is wonderful. It's only good that can come of it. So I, I don't be, believe in bad trips. I don't necessarily call it medicine because I believe that we do need to use it to also explore, not just to heal. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. when we think of okay, we need to heal. We're coming from a point of we're wounded, we're sick, um, and something's wrong. So. So, so, so that's why I kind of come come from that that standpoint. Um, I try to not come from that standpoint, rather, but to come as we need to we need to know what's out there and and have different perspectives and different understandings so that we can change things. We can we can do something exciting and new because this is something that's never been done before. You know is what, when would you like to put your feet up and just say, okay, I'm done, I'm done learning, I know all there is to know, you know, that's, that's like death to me, you know, so we really need to, um, you know, just take it up a notch and stop being so comfortable, especially with the, the suffering that is um, going on in the world, for us to be so comfortable that we just are ready to work a nine-to-five until we retire and just live the American dream. I mean, that's just... The American dream is a concept. And (laughs) and there's so many people who reach that point of quote-unquote success who who go, is this it? Like, really? You know, like, they they, they realize, my God, this is so superficial, you know? I've been been chasing a concept my whole life. And... uh, Geez, there's so much more that, you know, was, was missed. It's really, I mean, I see it as quite a grand trick, really. And, um, uh, you know, you were uh, talking about calling in these powerful women into this discussion. And I was thinking how, you know, we have no touchstone in this culture for this level of, of uh, exploration, if you will. And so what essentially you are saying is is it's time for those of us who feel that call to be the touchstones, to be the touchstones for this 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 kind of uh, endeavor, because this, uh, as you say, will will uh, take you far, far beyond this uh, very carefully laid construct that we find ourselves in that is not working, by the by, in case you haven't noticed. Yeah, right, exactly. And now that they are legalizing and moving closer towards legalizing, I want us to not um, 
buy into their way of exploring these uh, entheogens. Mm -hmm. Thank you for saying that. I'm so glad you said that because, uh, you know, even the whole legalization, I, I don't hear anyone talking about this kind of thing, but I do a lot of exploration into the whole sort of legal commercial piece that we're in or matrix, if you will. And um, it's a very corrupt system and the legal system isn't even what we think it, it, it is at all. And, uh, and so there's a, a legal maxim that says uh, benefits from government often carry with them enhanced measures of regulation. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you say to, we're in a civil system, so all these people are essentially begging for the right to partake of something that comes to us freely, abundantly, grows in the ground from nature. That's yeah. my, my god goddess. Okay, but so, so first of all, when you have to ask for the right to do something, you're in a guardian ward relationship. You're in a slave master relationship. I mean, right? right? I mean, so that is crazy. And so they're trying to get this system to recognize these substances. And the system will say, sure, we'll recognize them, maybe. Uh, Certainly for cannabis, that has happened in my state of Washington. And I just heard in Oregon recently. Uh, And uh, this will come with... uh, you know, certain liabilities for you, certain regulations, shall we say. It's probably one and the same with liability. Yes, so, you know, just something to think about. Anyway, and I, I didn't mean to interrupt your thought, but you really got me going with that. So, um, Oh, yeah. Let's hear That's more. That's right. I, I, I agree. I agree totally. And I think that um, I can't even imagine what that set and setting would do to to an experience for me <laughs> because you know and I'm thinking maybe that's why there were so many uh, alien abductions with people probing and things like that <laughs> when people were taking entheogens because maybe it was it was they were being experimented on hmm. and um, it's such a cold setting I, I don't think um, I don't think it would also. I have. I think it would be an issue with the people in the community having access access to it, just like now with the legalization of cannabis. Um, uh, It's going to be the small growers that probably will um, not benefit from it, Mm -hmm. and also people are ready for the prices to go up. Also, people are still being persecuted, um, even with um, even with the papers uh, that says they have the right to use it um, medicinally. So, um, so basically, like you said, there's 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 much regulation, and then there's also a lot of uh, manipulation and using it mm-hmm. uh, for their benefit, the way they want to use it. So, yeah, I don't see that as being a total um, solution. To the, to the problem, I think that we need to um, be involved and get the information so that we can make responsible decisions ourselves like we should, like you said, have the sovereignty to do over our, our, our own minds and bodies. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I think that's very important, a very important piece to that, that we, that we as, as humans have certain inalienable rights. <laughs> Yeah. That we should, yeah, that we should be able to exercise and 
um, like you said, going and marching and um, petitioning and begging for something that should be ours is, is not what I would like to spend my time doing well, at all. No, and, and these folks in government, you never hear this term anymore. Guess what they are supposed to be? Public servants. Servants. <laughs> They're supposed to work for us. Mm-hmm. Right? And so right. that has, boy, has that flipped completely. <laughs> and so now people fear their government, you know, and for good reason, because, you know, it's just out of control. It's yes. become quite um, rigorously authoritarian these days and uh, getting ever more so. And so, yeah, I mean, I feel very strongly, you know, as you are saying about this issue, I'm shaking my head going, oof, I don't know, guys. I don't know. Yeah, yeah it's, it's scary. It's a, To me, it's scary that when I try to reach out to women, that some of them just even refuse having the information, that they're so afraid of our government and it's... Um, and its consequences that they don't even want to actually learn about something new. And, and I just kind of shiver at the thought of living in such a world <laughs> that I, I, would, I would be afraid to learn, to get the information. It brought me so far because it, it took a while before I could actually partake um, of mushrooms and have the experience. Um, because I have a family, I have children, mm-hmm. and I have to live in a society mm-hmm. and make sure that, you know, everyone is safe. So it took, it took a couple of years, actually. But with the research and the information that I gathered over those years, I knew I was on the right path because it, it just brought me so far just with just learning, just by knowing. You know, we, we say cliches all the time, you know, knowledge is power. Mm-hmm. But until you actually experience it, you know, you just don't know the power behind the, that type of statement. But it, it, it really is truly empowering, empowering to know that there is another side, that there's a different perspective that you can look at things. Um, um, K- Kathleen Harrison, she spoke about tobacco. And I and I just I just thought it was a great perspective because coming from Cleveland, safe and drug free schools, we you know alcohol, drugs, and tobacco was definitely something that we were against, and we told children that you should not ever try, you shouldn't do it. Cigarettes kill so many people, you know, alcohol kills people. But how about we come, you know, if we came from a a point of reverence for tobacco. Yes, it 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 hurts people, but that is because we're they're not smoking the true tobacco, mm-hmm. and tobacco has its place. You know, be it I, I don't prefer tobacco. You know, um, some people prefer it more more than others, but it definitely has its place. And how ridiculous is it to discriminate against a plant? <laughs> <laughs> something that's part of nature. Mm-hmm. And I like what you said about how the teachers told you about how we were all just facets on a beautiful gem. Oh, yeah. and I, think, <laughs> I think it's the same way with, you know, tobacco and other plants and everything. We need all of that. You know, it has its place. It's, and it's, it is part of this big, beautiful world of, of things that are um, potentially can help us or just 
potentially are there for the experience or whatever is the reason. It's there and it has a reason. So I think that if we came from a more healthier perspective, we can kind of get a hold on it. Maybe we won't be such a slave to it if we can say, well, like Kathleen suggested, maybe if you prayed every time you went out for a smoke break because mm-hmm. that's what they did with tobacco. They right. sent up their prayers with smoke, you know. So maybe if we took a different perspective, we would ha- have a better hold on it and it won't just control us so much because right now we don't know why we're connected. We just know that we want it. You know, we got to have it. We saw it because we think it's because we saw the cool people doing it. Or whatever, but it might be a different reason that we've never thought of um, for us doing the things we do. So yeah, I think that's that's very important is that perspective. Yeah, yeah, and also even um, the understanding that there is a spirit of that plant of each and every plant and fungi. I mean, all our ancestors across the board understood that. Exactly. They all did. And so when you're approaching tobacco, yeah, you'd work with the spirit of the tobacco. I mean, you could even sleep with the leaves under your pillow and, you know, call in a dream. I mean, this is obviously very different and may sound, quote, unquote, woo-woo to uh, most people who are very much in this sort of Western, uh, uh, there's really, well, this Western box, and they're really stifled by intellectualism, which... uh, it's a shame because there's this whole other piece, this rich, rich territory of spirit, of uh, uh, intuitive awareness, you know, and it's like a whole different way of engaging these kind of things. Right. So, yeah, very different than what we've been taught. And I think that's something too important to remember, too, is everything we've been taught comes from this system we are in. I mean, Everything. We're told what they want us to hear. And then when you start doing your own research, you go, hey, wait a minute. This is like the opposite of what I've been, t- <laughs> been told. Yeah. Which is what I've been noticing. It's like the system is like a mirror. And the mirror presents you with the opposite. And so you can stay within the confines, the perhaps safe confines of that system, if that's what you want. Or you can broach the unexplored and you realize, my God, there's a, a vast world out there. That's right. But be careful. You might take it when you take that blue pill. <laughs> <laughs> there's no going back. There's no going back. <laughs> no, but I like it out here. It's, it's <laughs> endless fascination. It's, 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 there's just. It's amazing what is what is what is out there. I always joke that I I don't ask for much. I just want to know everything. That's all. I just want to know everything. At the same time, of course, I have great respect for the mystery, and it is yes. a, a great mystery. It keeps me coming back. Yes, yes, it really does. Yeah, and then you know, I just feel sorry for the people who are trapped on the other side. <laughs> it's like you 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 just don't know until you know. And, again, that's the uphill battle that, um, you know, that they're so afraid of what they may experience or what they may learn about themselves. But um, my fear is that, you know, that I won't learn about myself, you know, that, that, I'll, that I'll be, you know, someone who doesn't know. Yeah, I want to know. I want to know if there's something that I need to work on. 
um, if there's a part of myself that I have been neglecting that I don't love, you know, I want to know what that is. If there's if there's something like that, you know, but some people they're just um, they they're just afraid, and I, I want to. Yeah, and so that's why I have this this conference because I believe once people start seeing the numbers, because uh, right now they have absolutely no idea how many people have uh, have benefited from entheogens and who actually use entheogens because we are so used to being so hush hush about it and um, and that we 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 don't let it other people know that they're just going to be they're just going to be blown away by the support that people are how people are waking up you know the people who are waking up and supporting this movement it, i think it's just is going to it's just going to blow people away that the numbers are there and that people are becoming conscious and all at the same time all over the planet in different places you know there's so much potential here that, you know, when you see African children with a cell phone, you know, to me that's just amazing. That's so much potential there because, you know, this is the same computer that you had to have a room as big as, you know, a, com- a computer that can fit in, in my kitchen and dining room together can now fit in the in the side of my pocket, you know. It, it's so it was, the potential is there, the beauty is there, and people just have to have the courage. And once they get the courage, they'll feel the reward. And um, basically, I, I think life rewards courage, and that'll be enough for them to keep them coming back as well. Yeah, and I do think it's a powerful statement coming from women because uh, particularly the psychedelics, I mean, I see within the movement itself there's – you know, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of men in this movement. Yeah. Great guys. Great, great, you know, but, but like not a whole lot of women. And when I spoke at the Ashland conference a couple of weeks ago, I was the only woman in a two-day conference. Now, Martin had, you know, he tried to get a few other women. He had, I think, two or three other women who were supposed to come, but then they couldn't make it. So I was the, and I didn't realize that until I got there. It's like, wow. oh, my goodness, you know, that's it for the women. What a bummer. And Martin tried to just, he said no one else, you know, a, a spoke up, you know. Well, how appropriate for us to do it because we are the inventors of agriculture. We're the ones who introduced the foods and the, mm-hmm. and the, the herbs and the medicines. We're the ones that you would come to for that, you know. So it's very appropriate for us. For us to be leaders here and for us to show people the way, um, we're very in tune with our emotions and we're very spiritual. So, 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 so for you to, to neglect that side of it is missing a whole nother world. And I, I believe that this is, um, this is going to be the first of many conferences. <laughs> I do, I do think this is going to catch on. And people are going to feel so good and wonder, what took me so long? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And at the same time, I think timing is everything, right? And just yeah. like you say, here we are in an age of communication that is unprecedented. 
Yes. And so it really does feel like, all right, the, the, the red carpet has been laid out and, and we are ready. And I think also, you know, women are just, uh, I think just getting very tired of, uh, of what we're seeing and of what is, uh, happening with our children and, uh, with our communities and families at large, you know, and, uh, that this is truly a way of, uh, bringing pe- people back to themselves. I really see, particularly, I mean, I, I'm partial to the mushroom and that is my medicine of choice. Uh, I, I prefer working with that rather than with a synthetic. That's just my own personal piece. Uh, but I see it as bringing us back to connection with nature, just like, you know, you're saying with this whole mushroom farm and, and, and really uh, bringing you back to, aha, the microcosm of the macrocosm, and this is interconnected with that. And, you know, the whole thing is this exquisite and delicate uh, uh, balance. And, uh, and, then, and then ultimately with our own human nature, which don't you find people are also losing touch within this synthetic culture, you know, and there just seems to be uh, quite a meanness that has developed, a very impersonal piece. There's sort of this sort of flip side of this groovy technology where people are anonymous and then they can now sort of write whatever they want, cruel as can be. And uh, so the whole sort of cyber bullying and, and uh, the back and forth has gotten really quite ugly. And, uh, and I just know, as you know, when you do these... Uh, sacraments, if you will, it'll also say to you, it'll tell you where you're messing up, where your shortcomings are, or hey, you know, it'll show you and in feeling, you know, if you, you know, just where the work needs to be done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, but you have to have a humility about you, you have to be humble enough to hear that. Yeah. And willing to let go of that ego <laughs> in order to go to those places and it's um, it's amazing to me that um, that there are people who can partake of the sacrament or the mushrooms the LSD and not get anywhere you know that they, they these can be some some cruel people yeah 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 <laughs> you know um, I've heard very sexist remarks on some of these uh, pages when I say women and entheogens, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel that um, that the system has been um, displaced. So mm-hmm. we need the system to come back so that, so that we have the uh, mentorship or we have the apprenticeship that I can show someone else how to do it. This is how you do it and this is what you should do. And these are the parameters that we have to work with. And so some of those things have been taken away. And that, you know, and so that's why I go back to Africa and I look at the system that was set up there, you know, how they used it for rites of passage and building community. And um, and, and that spiritual world was not separate from, you know, uh, our, our, our own world. They don't. They don't consider it supernatural. Right. It's just natural. That's what, you know, that's part of life. Our ancestors are here, period. They're here helping us. They're here guiding us. You know, they're always with us, even though they're not seen. And so, you know, so we need people to 
Um, that's why I do encourage a protocol um, that I use. And so right off the bat, I used five grams. I had five grams and a whole night <laughs> with the mushrooms and just to see where it would take me. And then I moved to seven grams. And these, this is with the sitter, the five, the seven, and then nine grams with the sitter mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because um, because we want to practice responsibility mm-hmm. and um, being safe. So I just incrementally uh, went up with the with the dosage, and that that really worked. It you know it was I had fortunately had a system there um, that if of people who told me that it would work. And so I, I felt confident enough to try it, and it really did work. Mm-hmm. So, um, and so that's what I think it is that we're missing right now. We're missing that network, that that system that can um, that can have people actually get something out of the experience, other than just a, a party, you know, mm-hmm. or right. a wow unexpected time, you know. If we have someone there to say, this is how you take it responsibly, and this is what you, you can look for if you so choose, and and get some things out of it, I think we'll move further. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we seem to go backwards. Like you said, you talked about how that disconnect was there. It seems like we, we just keep moving backwards and being un you know, not being connected with nature mm-hmm. and not knowing um, or thinking we know what it is to be connected with nature. You know, um, when you hear something different, they completely say, oh, that's not natural. But, you know, we are natural. We're people. So whatever we do is natural. You know, if two people decide to be together, I don't have a problem with it as long as, you know, you're not at the bus stop with my children and, <laughs> you know, as as witnesses. If it's something you're doing behind closed doors with consenting adults, then I don't have a problem with it. To me, that's natural. Mm-hmm. That's something that people chose to do, you know. But uh, it, the ego causes people to have this controlling nature where they... Uh, have a vision of what they think should be, and if you don't fit into that, you know, it's the same thing that the government is trying to do, get us all to fit into one program, mm-hmm. and then, you know, and if you don't fit into that, they have a problem with you, but um, to me, things are going exactly as they should be, you know, um, it, it may seem like things are out of control, and that we could uh, destroy the earth, and that we could uh, end life on this planet. But there's it's, it's no way we could destroy this planet. <laughs> this planet has been here much longer than we have, and it survived um, many times over, you know, um, life being destroyed. We can make it inhospitable for ourselves, you know, the air uh, un- unworthy of breathing, but, but it's not going anywhere. So I think that we need to kind of just basically stop and be able to listen and we'll have that connection because it's there, it's in us, it's innate, you know, and that's something that the mushrooms have helped me be able to do. Um, Even though I was working on that before, it just kind of catapulted me into a whole nother 
uh, level of doing that. And that's kind of what, that is what really um, called me, is that we I didn't have to, I feel like these things would happen eventually, but how long will it take? Instead of me being on that slow boat to China, I just, I just jumped on board these mushrooms and it really, it really did take me. Um, it took me so far that it, it just kind of, I, I have to grab people's hands and kind of drag them along with me <laughs> because I don't want to leave everybody behind. But yeah, that's, that's what the mushrooms I think did. They just kind of, they kind of put things on a different level of speed and time so that we can, so we can move further. Well, I think uh, that's a really good segue into the medicinal mushrooms because, I mean, the mushroom is extraordinary. I mean, it, so it offers us yeah. this visionary piece, and then we have these medicinal mushrooms that, yeah. uh, you know, will uh, are have anti-cancer properties, uh, right. work on the immune system. I mean, give us some, give us the four one one on on that. Okay. Well. <laughs> Well, even without the without the second psychedelic part of mushrooms, I just had so much fun learning about them. Um, I learned that they were here well before any plants or trees. So they're older than the plants and trees. As a matter of fact, they they made life um, possible for them because they can actually crunch through rock. Mm-hmm. So, so. Um, you know what they call six X when uh, the the world like as like I said life as we know it kind of ended and everything was destroyed that was larger than a a, a mouse. Um, it, it was covered with rocks and sand and no sun was allowed through the, all the the big dust debris that the meteor um, kicked up when it hit the earth. Um, it was mushrooms that did not need sunlight. They actually could use nuclear energy to grow. And because they grew and crunched through rocks, they created soil. And from that soil, we got the trees. And um, and so it's just it, it's just amazing to me that um, that they have the abilities of just, they can do anything. And I, and I tell my students, I said, name a problem. I bet you mushrooms can solve it. You know, whatever you think. Whatever you can think of, we can, you know, there's a way that mushrooms have the answer. And and they breathe like we do. They breathe oxygen and, and out with carbon dioxide like we do. So we have a lot of the same um, enemies. So their immune system can actually help boost our immune system because we fight some of the same things, some of the same bacteria and viruses that they will fight. We can use them in our own bodies. So cancer, um, tumors, uh, people are even able to use it to uh, help balance their brain. Someone came to me the other day. They said their doctor said that they were bipolar and they should eat more mushrooms. Um, things that help uh, regulate our system, um, our, our, our blood pressure can um, um what else? Um, people with diabetes can help control that with mushrooms. Inflammation. It's the, and the list goes on and on. And, and the mushrooms go on and on. We have shiitakes and, and um, chaga, which is one of my favorites. 
um, Rishi, um, you know, Lion's Mane, the, you know, Cordyceps. Um, these mushrooms are just amazing at the things that they can do. Um, and also their stories, their little stories that they have, these little dramas that, that go on underneath the surface that we don't know about. Um, I remember hearing from Paul Stamets how he um, fell upon the um, the mycelium. He came across the mycelium for cordyceps and uh, came across a sporeless mycelium that he decided to propagate because he had an insect problem in Seattle. Lots of rain, and he had one of these roofs that didn't slope but kind of held the water, and so the rotting wood was perfect for carpenter ants and things like that. So instead of uh, using um, chemicals to, um, to fumigate his home, he actually experimented with the cordyceps mycelium. Now, if you know about cordyceps, they're a, a, a fungi that, that likes to eat um, social insects like carpenter ants and termites and things like that. And because these social insects have um, come across them for, you know, millennia, they know how to detect it. So if, if there's a worker ant that um, accidentally fell into some spores, he would, of course, try to clean himself off before he comes back to the queen. But the guards at the door are going to be able to detect the spores. And when they do, they take that worker ant as far away from the queen as possible and where they decapitate it and then also decapitate themselves and are replaced by two new guards for the queen. Well, when Paul Stamets came up with a sporeless mycelium, they actually took that mycelium back to their, to their home where the whole colony now is engulfed by this mushroom that will take over their brains first and then th take over their bodies. Um, and have a mushroom pop out of their head. And once that mushroom drops spores uh, in your home, you're not going to have any type of termites or carpenter ants ever come near your home again because they, they're, they're so advanced that they're, they're going to avoid it. Okay, wait, wait, a quick question. It's a mm -hmm. sporeless mushroom, though. It's a sporeless mycelium. Mycelium is the mother of mushrooms, so it's a net... It's a network. It's fungal. It's a fungal network that grows underneath the ground. Right. Mushroom is actually the reproductive system mm. of the mycelium. Mm. So, so the whole point of the mushrooms is, of course, to spread spores so it can so it can take over more uh, area. But the, uh, the the mycelium that um, that was sporeless that he propagated. Um, did not have the things that the insect normally detects. Okay. If it was in nature, like I said, the that those spores would take over. It would go through the exoskeleton, take over its brain, and create this zombie of an insect that crawls to the tallest tree and out to the furthest limb, where it would clamp on and have a mushroom pop out of its head. And then in the forest, you have, you know, that's an adaptive advantage because now the mushroom is up at the top of the mm -hmm. tallest tree. Mm -hmm. And so it can, uh, it can propagate better. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, 
it's a it's a drama that goes on back and forth. And of course, you have ants that are mycologists, and they actually cultivate their own mushrooms that are good for their immune system. Um, Paul Stamets was also able to tap into that with the honeybees, and I, I I assume you know about that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, with the myco honey, because the bees were actually using that mycelium to build their own immune system. Mm-hmm. Found that that's why the the mites were able to take over these colonies. It's because the bees didn't have a strong enough immune system mm-hmm. to fight off different things like the mites and whatever else their challenges were. So, um, so yeah, mushrooms were amazing to me, and the fact that I can actually grow them really really spoke to me because um, just to see the mushrooms grow is is it's an awesome. It's it's very awesome. It's it's magical because you can come out one day and all of a sudden they're there when there was nothing there the day before, you know. And it, so it only takes a matter of weeks for them to grow, and um and they're so friendly. Like I just call them the Buddha on the food chain because they are just like no harm done. Mm-hmm. They you know they don't attack. Most of the times they're not parasitic. You know, most of the times they're eating things that we are trying to get rid of anyway. The debris from the trees, the leaves, wood chips, logs, you know. How about radiation? Oh, and they've been, they've been said to be able to, uh, clean up radiation. Um, the problem of course is okay, you know, now you have radioactive mushrooms, so you still have to. Still have to you know figure that part out, but but the fact that they can clean up oil spills and radiation and um, that we can use them that way is phenomenal, and I think that um, I, you know I think it's awesome when my children um, actually get excited about mushrooms and the mm-hmm. things you can do. I I don't know if you saw my um, daughter; she's eight years old and. She, you know, ever since she started school, she's been asking me to please come in and tell my class about mushrooms. So as for kindergarten, first grade, I would bring mushrooms in and we'd go out and look at the mushrooms. And, you know, they just, it's just so, um, it's exciting to see children say that, you know, I want to be a mycologist when I grow up, you know. And I, <laughs> and I just think that is awesome. And I think, that because it's so brand new, that there are so many, there's there's so many ways that this can go. It's so much potential in it because it's only really been in the last twenty years or so that we've been able to uh, tap into how to grow these mushrooms, the codes to doing that. They they've been big uh, facilities growing the button, the large the large facilities growing button mushrooms. And then they decided to get a little bit more exotic and grow it bigger. So now we have bigger button mushrooms, <laughs> which is not really exotic. It's really just a larger button mushroom. And so for, for years, that's all we had is those people doing that. But because of Psilocybin Fanaticus, he and the Internet coming together, um, more people started to tap into how to grow medicinal mushrooms or psychedelic mushrooms and so more information got out on the internet 
on how to cultivate mushrooms. Um, so now the small farmer can actually go online or get books and actually grow these mushrooms, which, like I said, 20 years ago was really unheard of. Mm. So it, it's, it's a growing industry. More people are starting to learn the benefits of them. It's really actually no um, setbacks. It's, it's all beneficial. They use resources that we need to um, do something with anyway, newspaper, coffee grinds, leaves, and we can grow nutrient-dense food, food that would actually, um, you know, help these help children that are, are in lack of nutrients, which I think is the reason why they don't make good decisions in the first mm-hmm, place. That's right. <laughs> because of the lack of nutrients. It's yeah. usually water and nutrients, mm-hmm. you know, that we're, we're lacking. And, um, and so, yeah, I'm very excited now that, that more people are starting to grow them. And I also do workshops, um, and, um, lectures here and, um, whoever, you know, whoever asks me to come out, I, I usually, you know, do lectures and workshops on how to grow your own mushrooms because I think is um, it's room for everyone, you know. So I, I encourage other people to grow mushrooms. There are markets, there are farmer markets here that, you know, they call and say, hey, people are asking for mushrooms, and we heard you're, you know, in town, and can you grow? I mean, can you come to our, our, our market, you know? And I think that's awesome that they're actually asking me to come to their market when mm-hmm. usually farmers are looking for markets, you know, and have to call and do you have space? And they say, well, we, we got enough tomatoes or we already have apples, mm-hmm. you know. But but I just pretty much have my own choice of markets here because it's not enough um, mushroom farmers. So, um, so yeah, that's that's really exciting to me that people can take their little mushroom kits home and grow uh, oyster mushrooms right in their kitchen and put it right in a pan. And you have something that actually has vitamin D, which I'm so excited about because you can't really grow those in vegetables. Mm-hmm. You know, you get it from sunshine, mm-hmm. and that's pretty much our primary place for getting it naturally. You know, they put it in our milk and things, but it's usually not as absorbable. Oh, no. But the mushrooms can transform that sunlight to vitamin D just like we can. And they can actually be charged with it if you if you uh, dehydrate them in the sun. You can actually charge them up with even more vitamin D. I mean, they just, they just amaze me in every way. Well, <laughs> I have to tell you, I am so excited to come out to Cleveland and uh, yes. hang out with you. And, yes. and uh, yeah. See your mushroom farm. And- yeah, you get to see the mushroom farm. It's and it's really coming along. We're gonna have we have a hoop house. I got a lot from a grant program in Cleveland called the Land Bank Program. Um, it's 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 a city program. We also have a county program with larger pieces of lot uh, land. But this is just an urban. Environment. I got a lot for like a dollar for that program. I applied to, for another program uh, from the USDA and got a hoop house because I heard that you can grow mushrooms in them. And in 2013, the hoop house went up and the mushroom farm came into existence. And we plan on having solar power, wind power, um, we, we want to have all types of mushrooms for people to learn how to grow and, and see how they're, um, 
how they're uh, cultivated, including Amanita muscaria for our, for our pine tree, um, glow-in-the-dark mushrooms, um, garden giants, um, uh, reishi, all kinds of uh, medicinal mushrooms So that we're going to be growing indoors and outdoors with little or no money, you know, that we're doing this thing. So, so I'm really excited about this mushroom farm. I think it's going to um, really continue to grow. We also have um, a cob pizza oven that we did a workshop um, to get, and off, and we're going to offer mushroom pizza to the community. How cool is that? Fast, healthy food in the community, mushroom pizza. I think this thing is really going to catch on. What do you think? Oh, Kai, you know what I think? You are you are <laughs> amazing. You are such an inspiration. Thank Your you. Your passion is infectious, and I, I just so, I'm so stoked. I'm just so happy to know you, and I can't wait to meet you in person. And I, I think you have brought so much valuable information today to everyone who's going to listen to you, and I hope that... Uh, this goes out far and wide because your wisdom and your knowledge is just your treasure. I, I can't thank you. Oh, thank you so much, <laughs> Kai. Yeah, this has been fantastic. Okay, so do you do you have a website specifically for the mushroom farm that you can tell the give to the listeners? Well, you told them initially the cultured mushrooms with the K. Yeah, the Facebook. Yeah, yeah, that's on Facebook, and mm-hmm. that's the grassroots type um, of uh, effort there with the cultured mushrooms where I teach and and we do workshops and things like that. And then um, we have Women in Entheogens is a public page on Facebook as well. Um, and when's the conference again, so everyone And knows. the conference is September 18th through the 20th. Uh, Friday is going to be a free day where I would, I'm inviting people to come, especially the ones who are on the fence, so they can get a gist of what they're going to get when they, you know, when they buy into this conference and, and hear, uh, the information and the personalities and the, you know, all this energy, this awesome energy that's going to be part of the conference. So I really think they're going to sign up for that conference on Friday when they hear the panel discussion and introduce and, and meet the, the speakers. Mm-hmm. And then Saturday is going to be all day um, speakers back-to-back. We're going to have people who experience ayahuasca and the Amazon to people who experience Iboga with the Bwiti people. Um, and, of course, Arthur's like you, <laughs> who have great information and stories to share. And um, and Annie Oak, I'm excited to say, said that she, she'd be able to make it. So Yay! The- Yay! <laughs> She's so awesome. I met her and just fell in love. I mean, she's so open and just warm like you Shauna very warm and I just think entheogenic people are some of the the best people that you can meet very sincere down to earth people very spiritual and I just you know I'm just I, I'm on, on that side of things I'm a little selfish and <laughs> and why I did this conference is because I just really want to be surrounded 
with such wonderful people, um, you know, that I, I, I keep finding in this community. Um, so, so yeah, the 18th through the 20th, and then Sunday is going to be at my farm. The, the Saturday will be at the Universalist Unitarian Society, okay. and, and then Sunday the events will take place at the Buckeye Mushroom Farm. Okay. So that's, um, that's in a nutshell, uh, yeah, the 18th through the 20th, the Women's Entheogenic Conference. Fantastic. Well, yes. Kai, thank you so much. Thank you You're so quite much. Welcome. You're quite welcome. This was a very fun talk, as I knew it would be. <laughs> <laughs> I talked about my favorite topic and with one of my favorite people, so I really want to thank you. I really want to thank you for um, being a part of this wonderful experience that I'm. Um, I'm just so I feel so blessed to have, and um, and, um, and and I just can I just hope this continues. I would love to you know um, present with you again sometime. So hopefully we'll we'll see each other again because you know I think this is a uh, it's wonderful that some of these conferences are opening up to women. And um, and we're starting to see different faces rather than the you know the the same fifty year old white male um, you know I'm I'm just loving that we have more women who are um, very strong and and um, speaking up for for uh, for this for this movement. Yeah, and I will say some of those fifty plus white males are absolutely amazing. They are. They really are. They're awesome. They are. I mean, because I but, really, I, but, but the women and the women need their their voices. Yeah. Heard. Variety is the spice of life. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, great. On that note, Kai, I'm going to say goodbye, and I can't wait to see you in person. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, be well. Thank, Thank you for everything you. you do. Thank you. Thank you. You too. Have a good evening. Okay. Bye-bye. You're listening to The Psychedelic Salon, where people are changing their lives one thought at a time. Although I'm glad to learn that there are some good 50-year-old white males out there, I must admit that, well, I'm a little disappointed that us 70-plus-year-old white males were not mentioned. (laughs) And if you could see me right now, my smile would tell you that I'm joking. But in all seriousness, I really don't know about you, but I think we should urge whomever is the next U.S. president to make Kai Wingo the new drug czar. As much as I hate that term, drug czar, well, we've got to start from where we are. And can you imagine how much things would change if we gave Kai that position and the power to bring her practical, on-the-ground experience about many of the various aspects of the so-called war on drugs to bear on solving this problem? Can you tell how enamored I am now with Kai? (laughs) Wow, what an amazing person to have grown into the woman she is today. If ever there was someone to point to as a shining example of what using psychedelic substances can do for someone, anyone, anywhere, it's Kai Wingo. A lot of people, uh, myself included, have attended workshops that were organized by Paul Stamets, who is, in my opinion, the world's leading expert about mushrooms of all kinds. But the question I ask is, how many of us have taken the knowledge that Paul passed on to us and done something with it to the extent that Kai has? She is truly unique, one of a kind, 
And it seems to me that all of us should do whatever we can to help her first conference become a successful event, uh, one that's repeated from year to year. It already has the makings of a major conference from what we just heard. So even if you don't live nearby, I urge you to talk about it on social media and tell your friends about it. Later this week, I'm going to install an events calendar on our Programs Notes blog, which uh, you know you can get to via psychedelicsalon.us. And on it, I'll post all of the conferences that I know about right now. Uh, For example, in just a few days, there's going to be a conference in London that uh, Zybear told me about the other day. And if you are anywhere around London, you should uh, maybe check out the extraordinary psychedelic conference, Breaking Convention. And uh, you can find out more about it at all one word, breakingconvention.co.uk. And uh, the dates, unfortunately, are right now, July 10th through 12th, 2015. And uh, had I known earlier, I would have let you know about it. So as you become aware of new conferences that aren't yet posted uh, once I get the calendar live, it'd be really nice if you sent a message via the uh, Connect form on the website, and I'll add it to the events notices. And uh, there's one other thing that you can do for me. For uh, reasons that I don't understand, iTunes has dropped the salon from its directory. And uh, over the years, that's been the biggest source of new fellow saloners. Uh, You may even have uh, found us that way yourself. But for the time being, the main way people are going to find the salon is if you tell them. So if we are to continue to keep finding more of the others, it's, uh, well, it's now up to you, uh, at least for a while. I'll try to uh, not get too geeky here, but this podcast was never intended to grow so large. As a result, it's uh, built on what us old-time programmers call spaghetti code. And by the end of this year, that's going to be fixed, and I'll be able to submit a new, clean RSS feed to iTunes for their consideration. But until then, it's up to you to let others know about us. And I thank you in advance. So, for now, this is Lorenzo, signing off from Cyberdelic Space. Be careful out there, my friends. <laughs>